Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio on this Thursday, October 12th, 2023. You can hear us at uh, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can listen to us at uh, WILKnewsradio.com or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show and um, you can check it out. It's 3.09 here in the station in Pittston, 66 degrees and mostly sunny. It looks like uh, well, the weather looks like pretty decent tomorrow with clouds moving in, but the weekend looks a little bit of rain moving into our area. Hopefully it's not that bad, hopefully, but I suspect it's that typical weather that we get in the fall here in northeast Pennsylvania. Help bring the leaves down, make a mess of everything. So how's your Thursday going? A lot of a uh, lot of stuff to talk about today. We have uh, we're going to talk, you know, right now about the speaker fight in Washington, where our elected representatives from across the nation, mostly on the GOP side, can't get their act together to move forward as a nation. With everything going on in this world, they are stuck in their little petty. You know, who wants to be in charge? Uh, you figure it out, figure it out. And, and every time I hear them speak, it's more of a, you know. WTF what's going on down there. That's just the, the way it is. You know, you have uh, you had the vote. You had Scalise come out narrowly on top of the split vote by, I think it was 113 to one to 99 between him and Jim, Jim Jordan. And then you had Jim Jordan come out and said, well, he would, uh, he would back Representative Scalise. But then you have members who were voting for Jordan say, I'm not changing my vote. If we go to the floor, I'm still voting the way I want to vote. And you have so many of them that if they go to the floor with any type of vote at this time, you're going to make a fool out of yourself, and the Democrats are just going to sit back and laugh and give them fodder for their social media posts, which is pretty much all they do. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now, I'll give you a little bit of overview of what's going on in the show today. Uh, we're going to talk, there's a little breaking news on Social Security today. We're going to talk about that at the 340 hour. Obviously, we're going to have what's going on in Israel uh, updates as of right now, they've just increased the American death toll to 27 and 14 Americans missing. Uh, tragic uh, news coming out of there, but we're going to follow that in the updates and what's going on. I'm going to talk about what military assets are there or on the way and what their role is there at this point. Obviously, that can change. And we're going to talk about the heightened security alert across the nation, especially you know, in our largest, closest city, uh, New York City. Uh, where they've put all NYPD officers on alert to be in uniform that day. They're taking everyone out of plain clothes and all detectives to put them uh, you know, out and about because of the unspecified threat from the former Hamas leader. We are going to talk about the anniversary at the 4 o'clock hour, the anniversary of the, US, the bombing of the USS Cole. 23 years later, on this day, October 12th in uh, 2000, where 17 United States Navy sailors lost their lives and another 37 were injured. And it was one of the greatest uh, saves for damage control in Navy's history to, to keep that ship afloat and to save the ship. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. I've been in contact with the commander of that ship, the skipper, their captain, who was a commander in the United States Navy, Kirk Leopold. I spoke to him via text message earlier today and uh, gained immense respect for this man and his leadership he is the epitome of what a leader should be and uh, he's going to join the show either tomorrow or next week if we could work the schedule out but he's definitely going to be on with us on the phone you know and to speak to him live because uh 
his story and his love for his sailors definitely needs to be heard by the listeners out there. So we're going to honor those 17 sailors who lost their lives by name at the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about the exchange and messages I had with the commander of that ship at that time in 2000, Kirk Leopold, and uh, honor, honor that, that memory. We're also going to talk about a, a story at the 5 o'clock hour. This from CNN did a... Did a a breakdown of people they interviewed in regards to student loan, the, the proposed forgiveness, those who have blocked forgiveness, what they did during the freeze, during the COVID years where they didn't have to make payments, who did the right thing, who did what some would consider the irresponsible thing, the wrong thing. And it, you'd be surprised to hear, uh, hear these stories. If you follow me on Facebook, Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, you can see the story there. I encourage you to go there and read the whole story from CNN itself. And go through the stories of these, I think there's six or seven individuals there. I picked out five because two of them kind of mimicked what the other stories were to highlight. And we're going to talk about each individual case there and, and the difference and what your thought is on, on what's going on here. You know, the, the story, the narrative we're given that these are poor, poor young people struggling to survive and start their careers, start their lives, start, you know, moving on post-college to save them from the immense debt that they have. And um, and there are some people like that, but a good majority of them aren't like that. And we talk about it all the time, how the majority of the debt that they were looking to cancel were people you know, over 50 who have advanced degrees, be it master's, doctorate's degrees. Um, so there's a little of that thrown in there. And we're going to tell those stories. And again, you could read that story for yourself at my Facebook page, Rob O'Donnell. You just scroll down. You'll see the CNN story on uh, the student loan payments, being, them being back now and people having to do without now that they have to start paying their student loan again. And we're also going to talk about the fallout from these academia perpetuant children. What do you call them? It's hard to call them young adults who are finding out what adulting is real quick. They have, uh, you know, sign your name to a statement, you know, put on your, your Palestinian face mask and wave your flag and say stupid things and you win stupid prizes. And um, they're finding out very quickly that uh, words have consequences and your actions have consequences and you're not a child anymore that you just get slapped on the wrist and it says, well, you know, you shouldn't do that. No, you have CEOs of major corporations saying, not only won't we hire you, but we're thinking about not hiring anyone from the university that didn't prevent you from the rhetoric you're spewing, this horrendous rhetoric. People are losing offers for jobs. You have CEOs of major corporations saying, you know, we, we, we're going to look thoroughly into people from these universities to hire in the future because... Obviously, they're teaching poor judgment, and uh, it's not a clientele we want to bring into our workplace. So, uh, yeah, adulting sucks, pretty much. And the words have consequences, and, and people are finding that out very quickly. And it's amazing how now that they are being identified, these organizations, their members, the students themselves— are all backing off, saying, whoa, whoa, I didn't, I didn't approve for them to sign this. But you didn't say anything when it first came out until there was blowback. You didn't say anything when now you are named and your future is in jeopardy. Now all of a sudden you don't agree with these posts. Now all of a sudden you don't say these things. And, and regarding to what's going on in 
in Israel and Palestine. You have the obvious members like the squad, uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who didn't say anything. She came out with a, a public statement on her official representative webpage saying, you know, the, the attack on innocent people is egregious. The, the killing of innocent Israelis is egregious, and we don't condone this whatsoever. And that was it. Silence on her personal page, which she uses more and more. Silence on her official representative page. And this goes for a lot of them. Ilian Omar, you know, you have uh, Jayapal. There's a bunch of them that has came up with the same thing. The second they had video of an Israeli supporter, and I believe that was in New York, saying egregious things about Palestinians, saying they should be wiped off the earth, they should be exterminated, they should be killed. They grasp onto that video and, and have retweeted that, reposted that two and three times, saying, well, this is what we're talking about. This needs, But silence on everything else. But you know what they haven't said anything on? And, and I understand, yes, we all feel for the innocent, innocent Palestinians who are there who are the victims of war because Hamas decided to bring this war to their doorstep. Let's make that clear, and I think I've made that clear. But what you haven't heard from these United States representatives at all on either their professional or their personal social media pages is any grieving, any mention of the now 27 dead Americans and the 14 missing Americans. These United States Congresswomen, Congressmen, have yet to say a word about 27 dead Americans. Nothing. Everything since their original post that they had to put out to say, well, some of them had to put out, saying that the attack on the innocent civilians of Israel was egregious and we don't condone this whatsoever and it's, it's, it's despicable. Outside of that, they waited till there was something from the other side to say, we'll see what you're doing. And again, there's a dozen posts from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, representative from New York 14, to denounce the attacks where Israel is now leveling where Hamas hides, where their command and control is. And unfortunately, they put that in hospitals. They put it in schools. They put it in mosques. That's by design. They are officially telling their citizens not to flee. The total opposite of what the Israeli government and the U.S. government is telling them to flee to the Egyptian border, where you may not be able to get in because Egypt is not allowing them to come in, but at least you'll be in a safe zone there from the, from the, the bombing to level where Hamas's command and control center is. You've had a dozen posts about complaining about that, that there needs to be an immediate ceasefire. We need to, to negotiate. We need to start talks. We need to start the peace process. we got to stop the killing. But what you haven't heard from a single one of them, and I checked all their pages before I came on today, is any mention of the deaths of 27 Americans now. It was 25 earlier today, but any American deaths, not a mention, not a peep from these United States Congress, members of Congress. So they're quick to put out their PR statement where they say, you know, we condone this attack by Hamas on the innocent Israeli people. And then they turn around, and of course, we need to take a step back from the violence and, and ceasefire, but not a word against about the Americans. So that pretty much tells me and should tell you everything there is about these cretins that we send to government that live in their little bubble in their fantasy world. You know what? If she or they are so staunch in their opinion— 
go to the Gaza Strip and stand there and say, I'm a United States congressperson, I'm here, don't bomb us. But you won't. They won't. So we'll, uh, we'll keep monitoring that to see if they ever finally do. I've called them out on social media, but, you know, I'm just a local nobody from here. So we'll see what goes on there. But we have a, we're going to talk about a lot today. A little, little less local news because, uh, unfortunately, I don't have access to local news. Um, so uh, we're trying to fix that now where I can get into the citizen's voice and such so I can uh, tell the stories of uh, our Wilkes-Barre area and the Luzerne County area. But uh, you guys know I like to do that. And uh, today it's kind of lacking a little bit because, like I said, there's minimal access to that. It's uh, 321, almost 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 326 here at the station, 66 degrees and mostly sunny. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com, and I appreciate their support of the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. Well, we have several military assets, and, and if the famous the famous saying in the history since World War II was, you know, if something goes down in the world, the first thing the upper echelon in our military, be it the commander in chief, be it our Joint Chiefs of Staff, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, or any anyone up there with the all the stars on their shoulders, say, "Where are my aircraft carriers?" That that's the go-to. Here. That's been our show of force throughout the world. And uh, within hours of this, these attacks, the U.S. began moving warships and aircraft carriers to the region to be ready to provide Israel with whatever needs to respond and just show the world, hey, if you're looking to exploit or take advantage of this situation, don't. And that includes the uh, USS Gerald R. Ford, our most advanced and largest warship in the world, uh, our largest aircraft carrier carrier the ford class uh, a second u.s aircraft carrier strike group departed norfolk virginia oh i'm sorry departs norfolk virginia tomorrow friday scores of aircrafts are heading to u.s military bases around the middle east and special operations forces are now assisting israel military planning and intelligence only now this is not to say they are not ready to take action if need be they are there they are capable, and if we find out that Americans are being held anywhere, if we can identify specifics of someone who harmed Americans, they will take action. Now, the second U.S. US carrier strike group that's leaving Norfolk tomorrow, and again, it's, it's, that's, this is an early departure for them. They rushed their supply to get them out of port, which will be tomorrow, is the USS Eisenhower, Eisenhower the, the Ike, and its battle group. Now, it doesn't say specifically where it's going, but it's, it will be in the area of operations. So who knows if that's going to be the Suez Canal? Is that going to be on the other side of the Med? It really doesn't matter. They, their reach-out-and-touch capability is phenomenal. But, you know, I reached out to military contacts that I have saying, you know, what's, what's going on that we have to put a second carrier strike group in the area? Of operation is there something is there chatter is there something going on that we might need two aircraft carriers in this region for what's going on right now is a lot and it's sending a strong message across the world but it is going to take time to get there i believe the uh the unclassified time to normally 
transit the Atlantic Ocean to get into the Med or the Med area is usually about two weeks. That's, that's the information I'm hearing. Now, they can probably do that in half that time if they really need to if they went at battle speed. Who knows what they're going to do? Who knows what kind of stance they're going to take as far as going, uh, getting there, and the expeditious nature that they're trying to get there. But with two carrier strike groups in the area, that is a formidable force. You're talking about over 5,000 sailors per carrier itself, plus they have their own contingent of ships, be it Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, cruisers, submarines, and everything else around them. So we'll have more than enough. We have more than enough now with the single carrier strike group. But as I get information from my sources on what this may or may not mean for America, you know, I'll bring it to you. There's also been some news today about that $6 billion that is supposed sitting in a bank. Well, it is sitting. I shouldn't say supposed. They're saying it, it's untouched and it's sitting in a bank in Qatar. Now, today it started leaking out that we, Qatar, has been in conversations with us and has, has agreed to freeze that money. Well, I, I didn't know if it was Qatar's um, option to freeze it or not. I thought it was us having that money securely there because it was a neutral party and we had control over it during today's press conference with uh, former admiral kirby spokesperson who uh, at the white house I, I don't know he's like the quasi defense department white house spokesperson you know he's kind of a jack of all trades now and i hope his 20 pieces of silver was worth it because he's an utter disgrace to the uniform he used to wear with the nonsense he spews time and time again and his non-answers uh, he wouldn't commit to that money's been frozen. His only statement was, well, the money hasn't been touched. The money hasn't been touched. Well, that's not what we're asking. We're asking you, is this going to be withdrawn? Is this money going to be un- frozen back up and taken to use for other reasons? Kind of wouldn't answer that, but they're sticking with the story that the, the money has been frozen again. But that's through leaks. That's not through official channels. The mere fact he can't answer this, that question is 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 beyond me. I mean, if it was me, and it's not me, obviously, the answer is absolutely the money's been frozen. It is no longer it no longer exists to Iran. And if we don't have our American hostages back within 24 hours, Iran wouldn't exist. That's a show of force. That's a show of strength. That's telling them that, hey, we know you're behind us. Everything, every piece of intel we have says they're they that Iran backs Hamas. They are the supporters of Hamas. This couldn't have taken place without their support their intel, and their increased technology. But yet all of a sudden in the past 48 hours, it's we have no strong connections that Iran had anything to do with it. And, of course, you have Iran saying, we knew nothing about this. This was a surprise to us. It's incredible. But then you have a former Hamas leader in Russia giving an interview saying, Iran absolutely gave us the capability to do this. We've spent the past two years planning this. We've taken the pipes from the infrastructure where we should have been building water water uh, distribution to our cities we use those pipes to make rockets and there's actually video of this of them taking these pipes that should be for water for the you know the the palestinians the innocent families that are there now you know but they're taking their water supply pipes for for to make rockets for the past two years it was obviously an intelligence failure but the the lack of information coming out of our own government is just astounding when it comes to this, especially when we now have since when can you kill 27 Americans and there's not a response? I understand Israel is handling a lot of this now, but 27 Americans were killed. 
we, we also have to look to do something. And I'm not talking boots on the ground. I'm not talking send soldiers in. There's plenty that we can do where we don't touch, not a single soldier touches the ground. But 27 Americans were killed. And so far, we have crickets from our government as far as a response to that. It's 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 3.39 here, 66 degrees and mostly sunny. Well, someone in, in California won the Powerball, $1.76 billion. Incredible for them. was sold in, South, uh, in California, just 75 miles north of Los Angeles. Check your tickets anyway. There could be other winners here in Pennsylvania for the lesser amount. The winning numbers were 22, 24, 40, 52, 64, and the red Powerball was 10. The new billionaire is believed to be a local Fraser Park resident who visits the store every day religiously to play the lottery. So that's great. And looking at the store here, it's not a fancy store. It doesn't look like it's in a fancy area, so hopefully someone... Uh, someone... Uh, that needed it won. Hopefully they do good things with it. I did not win, so I do not get my safe room yet, although I do have a smaller one, but not the one that I posted on my social media. That that would be the only tell if I won the, uh, the Powerball. What you'd also tell is I'd have access to the citizen's voice, so would everyone else in Northeast Pennsylvania if I won the $1.76 billion jackpot. So uh, the newest jackpot winner could either receive... It in 30 incremental payments over 29 years or outright claim the $7.74.1 million cash prize. So more than half goes to taxes, of course. Arizona and Pennsylvania had one ticket each that matched five white balls and the extra bonus from the two-time power play for a $2 million prize. So there is a million-dollar prize here, $2 million prize here somewhere in Pennsylvania. That's why I said check your tickets. Uh, the odds of the ticket holder winning all five plus the red Powerball is 1 in 292-plus million. But there's always a chance because if someone usually wins. So, um, again, there's a $2 million winner here somewhere in Pennsylvania. If you happen to be that person, let me know. <laughs> if not... We'll just keep trying, right? I, I believe what's the, this was Powerball. I believe Mega Millions is uh, Friday. So you still have a chance. And again, one million, one billion, what's the difference? I'd be couple, I'd be happy with a hundred thousand, you know, do some nice things. But we still dream, right? We still dream. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. See what's going on here. Uh, well, it's time for a break. It's uh, three twenty-one here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is three forty-five here in Pittston, sixty-six degrees and mostly sunny. Well, they've come to uh, an amount for the twenty twenty-four Social Security COLA increase, cost of living adjustment. Not going to be close to uh, this year's 8.7%, but it's going to be set at 3.2%. Not probably what a lot of people want to hear, but again, Medicaid uh, Part B usually goes up in conjunction with that, and they kind of wash each other out from uh, my experience you know, dealing with that with my mom when she was still with us. 
But every year, the agency adjusts its benefits based on inflation. The 2024 Social Security cost of living increase, or COLA, was announced today, 3.2%. The program pays roughly $1.4 trillion in benefits to more than 71 million people each year, including low-income individuals with disabilities, normally SSI, it's called. Charles Blahaus, a former Social Security trustee, said the annual COLA announcement is a reminder about the program's stressed finances. This is an important system, and we need to restore its solvency because if lawmakers can't do that, then Social Security and its basic financing design would have to be abandoned, he said. The annual Social Security and Medicare trustee report released in March said the program's trust fund will be unable to pay full benefits beginning in 2033, 10 years from now. If the trust fund is depleted, the government will be able to pay only 77% of scheduled benefits, the report says. Now, How about instead of Republicans and Democrats going back and forth and weaponizing the fund, the Social Security fund, the Medicare fund, and fix it because it's going to be depleted in 10 years? But you don't see that. They'll weaponize it. They'll use it against each other. You'll use it in campaigns. They'll spend more money in campaign advertising to attack each other on weaponizing Social Security than they will to put towards fixing it. And that's a disgrace. And that's both sides. This is something that either side can fix. It's going to take both sides to fix. This is something that is very fixable. But instead, they need that weapon in their pocket. They need their arsenal. This is how politics work. They need to keep us in the middle and play that volleyball game over our net, over our heads. And this is all it is, instead of fixing the net to begin with. And that's exactly what it is. The COLA cost-of-living adjustment is calculated according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index, but there are calls to use a different index and for the agency to instead use the CPI-E, which is the index that measures price changes based on the spending patterns of the elderly, like health care, food, and medicine costs. Mary Johnson, Social Security and Medicare Policy Analyst, at the Senior Citizens League, said her organization supports the Social Security Administration using whichever index is higher to best protect older people from inflation. Well, isn't that the whole point? Isn't that what our elected officials are supposed to be doing? But they don't, because again, they need their arsenal. They need to weaponize what's going on for us. I feel like there's a lot of distraction in Washington, Abbott said. No kidding. Does anyone even care about what's happening with Social Security? I have no clue why they can't come together on something so important. And it's true. They see it themselves. Now, the maximum uh, Social Security finances by payroll taxes collected from workers and employers, the maximum amount of earnings subject to Social Security payroll taxes for 2023 is 160 1200 up from 147000 in 2022. That's a good start. It's increased that money. Once you make $160,200, they no longer take out Social Security. They take it up out to that limit. Well, let's increase that. That's a start. 
I think that's something that everyone can agree on. If I was making $300,000, why shouldn't I be paying Social Security on $300,000? And it's always that limit there. That's an easy fix that they can do. But they don't because they weaponize the program. They need it for an arsenal to fight each other. So we have scare our senior citizens. I mean, I literally have had calls here into the studio from people panicking because it's the only, I, I know, I've seen it. We all have parents. We all have grandparents who deal with it. Thankfully, if they have a, a family safety net around them, you know, they're not doing without medication, without food, without their housing. But it's getting harder and harder. We get the calls here all the time. But our elected officials, the supposed adults that we put in the room in Washington that are far from that, have not proved that in decades, can do nothing to fix this problem. And it's going to hurt everyone. It's, it's going to affect every single one of us. And they don't seem to care until it's, you know, an election time. Then they weaponize it and use it against each other. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, David from Bloomberg on Social Security Cola. David. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Okay. All right, hold on. Let me take you off speaker here if I can get back to it. <laughs> little noise in the background. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Now, they announced the Social Security to call out 3.2%. That's a misnomer, a mistake, and a lie. Because since the May of this year, the Biden administration has been reporting the CPI with energy and food removed. The actual cost of living for this year should be 6.1%. That's what the CPI is with food and energy in it. You have to read the entire report, and they talk about adding 3% to the reported CPI. Well, this administration hates Social Security recipients, by, and this just shows it. Well, yeah. that's why the, uh, the, the Senior Citizens League would rather they use the CPI-E, which measures the price changes based on the spending patterns of the elderly health care, food and medicine costs. They don't want that accepted anymore. And why wouldn't you report that? That's the true CPI. People like to eat, and they like to keep their homes warm and drive their cars. They can't afford $65,000 EVs with $500. Sorry, it's a truck day outside here. Well, David, we know how we know how it works, and we know everything you just named—food, utilities, and such like that—and transportation, medicine costs. Those are what our elderly need the most. That's people on Social Security depend on that the most, and they remove and, that to, to for their cola increase is just a hundred percent disingenuous. And then they put the false story about Social Security being insolvent in 2033. That's not true because the amount of income that's put into Social Security is increasing every year. I think it's up to $167,000 a year you have to pay into the uh, Social Security Trust Fund. The trust fund is solvent. We robbed it. The Democrats robbed it to balance, do a balanced budget thing back in the 70s and in the 80s. And all they have to do, instead of giving billions and billions of dollars to the Ukraine every quarter, is put $1 billion of excess funding, because that's where it's coming from, back into the Social Security Trust Fund to repay the withdrawal that they did 40 years ago, plus the interest, and there would be no problems with the Social Security Trust Fund. There'd be no way they could report any fallacy that is going to be insolvent in the 2033 and that only 70% of benefits will be paid. 
That is a blatant lie. Well, it's, Dave, I've got to stop you there because it's not. They, they, they buy bonds out of it, and, and they use that money to do the things you say they do, and, but they pay that back with interest, and it's been done by every president, not just Democrats, all the way back to right. for, from the 70s on. And, and it's just well, – it's good policy, but when, when the interest rates get to where they are because we're borrowing this money now at an increased interest rate, 5 6 7% interest, it just gets that much more to pay back later. Exactly. For the last 10 years, the bond rates have been uh, one or two percent or less, less than one percent. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Even the 30 year was only two point two. Yep. You know, David, and, we're going to have to leave there because I'm up against the Bloomberg money minute. Oh, Republican. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's good advice there. It's uh, almost four o'clock here on WILK. It's time for not four o'clock, three fifty five. It's time for the Bloomberg money minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let's go to the phone so I can clear it up because I'm up at the top of the hour. We have uh, Joe from Plains on Social Security. Joe, I got about a minute. Okay, a uh, couple things. Um, one of the things that could be done when senior citizens reach a certain age, they stop paying property tax and school tax. That would that would help them out a lot. And I think that uh, our utilities should start. Um, Cutting the, the rates on, on seniors uh, uh, when they reach a certain age, uh, all, all the utilities should be frozen to a certain, uh, a certain uh, amount when you reach 65 or 67. I'm good with that, but who's uh, going to be char- I'm good with the- that, but who's going to be charged extra? Should anyone well, that's not a senior you know citizen what? be maybe charged more? Utility, maybe the utilities just have to take a little hit, you know, to save a lot of families and a lot of elderly people. Who can't afford to pay it anymore? Well, that's not I how mean, business not works. Like, Somebody has like to pay extra, right? But it's not like they're ta- they're taking a, a steak out of a, out of a, a, a grocery store. They're you maybe they're getting a little uh, electricity for free, which is not you know anything anybody's doing manual labor over. I mean, uh, th- same thing with water. I mean, it's ridiculous what we pay for water and sewer. I agree there, Dave. I appreciate your call. Joe, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's 4 o'clock here on WILK News Radio.